But this is the hardcore. This is what I do. This is what we do. And I'm, I'm warning you again that the Republicans are very far behind the ball here. Have you ever heard of a documentary called A Crisis in Levittown? It's Levittown, Pennsylvania, not Levittown, New York, where the first black family was moving in to one of these post-World War II subdivisions. This documentary has been carved up, edited up a bazillion times where they talk to people who talk about how they really, they thought it was, it, it, of course, it, they thought it was going to be an all-white community. They're not very happy that black people, were, but then what the people that use this documentary to make the point don't ever show you is all of the people that were like, well, if you, you know, if you can afford the house next to me, you're my neighbor, that's America and diversities, you, you know, whatever. If people want to move in, they want to move in, black, white, whatever. That part you don't see. But that clip of a handful of people, and if I need to play it during the program, I, I, I'll play it. You can see it for yourself on YouTube. The whole documentary is there. That is like the basis for this whole the suburbs are, are racist thing. There's actually academic papers with titles like, Did Racists Create the Suburban Nation? But here's one statistic that nobody is going to give you. And that is that 35% of black Americans now live in the suburbs. So if black families to the tune of almost half are now not living in the major cities anymore, how could where they live be these terrible, awful, no good places that are racist and discriminatory if that's where more and more black, Hispanic, and immigrant families are moving. The American suburbs are the envy of the world. But to the back to the point about where we've built up versus where we built out, when you have a high cost of living for a very small residential space, really you come to rely on the government for recreation, transportation, et cetera, et cetera. You don't really retain much for yourself. I mean, most people in a major city rent. But what happens when somebody buys a home? They go from a renter to an owner. They acquire private property. They think differently and vote differently. But what these academic leftists, they see this as a theft of their utopia, that people no longer want to make great contributions to the so-called public good. They want to more invest in their own good. So if you have people living in high-rises, many of whom live in government-run high-rises, whether they're subsidized or HUD or state and local, whatever housing commission is fine, is, is providing the housing, there's a different mentality when people pick up and leave that and buy their own home. They tend to want to invest in their home. They tend to want to keep more of their money for use in their home. They want to buy cars. They want to have swing sets for their kids. You know, even if we like the idea of having parks and playgrounds, how many suburban homeowners have swing sets or some sort of park-like climbing apparatus for their kids? Many. Millions. 
The academic left hates that. If the choice is between paying a premium, a tax, so the government can run recreation, or purchasing a swing set and a slide and putting it up in your own backyard, which do you think the academic left prefers? You know the answer. All things to the government. And this is something I... I, I, The the truth is, for many homeowners, you probably don't even think about it. Most people who go out and buy a swing set for their kids or put an in-ground or above-ground pool in their back of yards aren't waking up and going, you know what? I am so damn selfish. Look at me. I'm terrible. I shouldn't be putting a pool in my backyard. I should be paying the government to build a pool that everybody can use. I'm a terrible, awful person. But this is the way they look at it. This is the way they actually look at these things. Weintick 695 Patriot. And it comes directly from the communist. Oh, there you go, Andrew. The communist manifesto. Sure, sure, sure. No, really. It really does come from the communist manifesto. They're not kidding. They're not playing. From the 10 pillars. Abolition of property and land and application of all rents of land to public purposes. The ninth pillar, clause two, gradual abolition of all the distinction between town and country by a more equitable distribution of the populace over the country. They want to move their people where they need them, where they need their voters. This is what they're doing. This is why they want to destroy the suburbs. They don't like the fact that you are protective of your property. They see that as inherent. Now, they don't see this for themselves. You have to understand something. That is is the bourgeois socialist mentality. The idea that they should have it versus you. Socialism's for the people, not the socialist. These people don't sit around dreaming of how they're going to get rid of their stuff. They sit around dreaming about how they're going to get rid of your stuff. Weintick 695, Patriot 957-2874. Every article that I find, though, on the suburbs says diversity in the suburbs as is an all-time high. NPR did a story on how it's black fam- flam- families fleeing Detroit, not white families. It was only a decade ago when then-Mayor Gavin Newsom of San Francisco had to form a task force to find out why black families were leaving the city. For the same reason white people were leaving the city. The academic leftists, the Democrats will tell you that the original white flights were because white people did not want to live around growing minority populations. What they refused to accept was the poor, the poorly run city governments that were run by Democrats. If somebody is paying a certain level of taxes for a promise of a certain quality of living and you don't deliver that, People are going to pick up and leave. That's all people. So given the opportunity, millions of black families have decided they don't want to live in the inner cities anymore. So they live in the suburbs like everyone else for the exact same reason. And this is something that is inherently bigoted on the left. The assumption that black people and white people can't want the exact same thing. Or black, white, Hispanic, or black, white, and Asian. Well, living in the suburbs is a white thing. You mean having a home with a backyard, a front yard, 
sidewalks where kids could ride bikes, where people could park cars and go to barbecues with one another. You mean there's something inherently white about that? That makes no sense. That makes absolutely no sense. We all want essentially the same things. They are telling us we don't want the same things. Some of us are doing it because we're racist. Well, again, if the suburbs are inherently structured on racism, why do 35% of the black population in the United States live in these suburbs? And the other thing, whether it's the New York Times or the Washington Post, they're all running articles about how Democrats are winning, are gaining in the suburbs again. But did anyone tell these suburban voters that the Democrats' plan was to end the suburbs? No, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. They kept that one close to the vest for a long, long time. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I find these people to be very miserable. What did most of you do this past weekend? You probably barbecued, went to a barbecue, had people over. Yes, there were some people that still had to work in the hospitals and work as police officers and work in hotels and et cetera, et cetera. But the, the American dream of having days where we can gather together and grill and have some adult beverages and let the kids play, that's, that's really work hard, play hard. Really, that's, that's kind of a part of the American dream is putting out the food and getting together and, and sitting in the backyard, maybe lighting the fire pit, opening the pool. In my case, taking out my, my boat and going around my little lake. But the academic left looks at this and they hate it. They, it's almost like they hate when people are happy. You're supposed to be miserable, focused on the revolution, Live in the belief that the world is a terrible, awful place and the only thing that's going to solve it is submitting ever more to a communist revolution. And I refuse to look at the world that way. And I think there's a genuine fear on the academic left that the more black people, Hispanic people, new immigrants to this country, legal immigrants that is, begin to enjoy the same things, begin to live together in communities, that even though some people have been told their whole lives they're victims or some people have been told their whole lives they're oppressors and we have to submit to critical race theory, that really that the suburbs are a cultural melting pot. And even if there was discrimination at one point, you know, time heals many wounds and people just kind of, you know, start to live next to each other. They hate that. They hate it. They hate happiness. It's almost as if the left thrives on misery and if people aren't miserable they'll make them miserable so they so almost like a munchausen syndrome so they can they can prove to them that the only way to salvation and some level of happiness is through communism wine 695 patriot nine five seven two eight seven four. we are right they are wrong that's the end of the story the arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. Sirius XM Patriot.